This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is Saturday, a beautiful afternoon, 1 o'clock. It is BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barchard, Brandon Lee Gouton, James Seltzer all hanging out with you until 3 o'clock. We've got a lot, of get, lot to get into in this KC matchup, and I got, I'm going to start here. I have heard establish the run way too many times this week. This is not a running football team. This will never be a running football team. This will never be 25 yards a, a, a game, or excuse me, 25 carries a game to anyone in this backfield. We can bitch about the NFL draft and how they missed with Donnell Pumphrey, who is now magically on IR after a really, really bad torn hamstring. Listen, it's not that they're making it up. They could have happened, but nobody was there and nobody saw it. And they, And if it was that severe to begin with, probably could have done that in week one. We'll get into that, too. James, Eagles are going to throw the football, and that's going to be okay. John, John, <laughs> I, I just don't see how they win this game without establishing the run. No, it's getting I'm, up there. Like I'm it kidding. is defense I'm, wins championships, yeah. and then it's right there, establish well, the run. It, it's not enough that the NFL is just not a running league anymore. Obviously, we see examples, and, and BLG has cited them many times of you know, running games that do work, but this is a passing league and, and this specific offense. Here's the thing, John, you can't establish something that's not there. Like, how are you supposed to establish the run? If you can't run the football, it's like beating your head into a wall. I'm with you, John. I just, you know, they're going to be a throwing team. It is what it is. Like for, for accept exactly it. for as much as we hate the screens for as much as you hate the swing passes, it kind of still has to be there a little bit. You know, that's why there is no running through the tackles dominant thing that they are going to do. And even when they saw it with the Garrett Blunt moving through the largest hole that I have ever seen in my life at a snail's pace and only getting nine instead of probably 14, I, it, there's a reason why they, they're bad. I'm not saying I'm not defending the plays, but that's why they do them. I think they're yelling at this fan base trying to tell you we're not going to be able to run the football effectively like you think we're, we, we have the capability to do. James and I were talking about it before the show. Establishing the run is not an option. <laughs> like you, it's not like a choice you can make. Like you can't even you can say it. Sure, okay, if you want to do it, but like, what's your plan, John? You 
you you corrected yourself. You misspoke in your mind, and you said this team isn't going to run for twenty five yards a game. Actually, <laughs> they might actually that actually might be the case because it did not look good in week one. Uh, you take out Carson Wentz's rushing. I think it was like what it was like fifty two yards on twenty carries, like two point six average. It was not good. It's not going to get better. They don't have running backs. Surprise, wake up call. Um, <laughs> these guys just they're they're just stuck with this. And if that's the case, they're, they've made their bed at this point, and they're just going to have to throw all the time. And, hey, guess what? That's why you drafted Carson Wentz. Well, exactly. Let's, and whether or not that factors into where they drafted running backs or their overall philosophy, and I thought there was a really nice back and forth between Joe Banner and Shio Kapati on The Athletic, uh, you know, with a nice little Q&A about how exactly uh, their philosophy was when he was there. It was like you don't really take – running backs in the first round and blah, blah, blah. It was all, everybody always says the same thing. Guess what? I don't agree with Joe Banner <laughs> because it's still a problem. It is still a problem to this day of why you're not going to be able to step. And, and I don't even need them to have, uh, a, you know, a, a generational talent behind there. I don't need Leonard Fournette, by the way, early returns looking pretty good on that, by the way. Uh, and, I, you know, you don't need that. You need, you need a guy like Brian Westbrook. And that's and they haven't done that. And you need uh, listen, Sean McCoy that falls in the second round. Absolutely, you take those talents that are there. It's like they've I don't want to say completely ignored, but they've they've tried ever since the you know the the whole McCoy debacle that happened. It's just been kind of thrown in the game. It's like, well, we'll take care of it. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that point at at, at somewhere. And it's just I don't know. It, it's it's not there. And don't expect it to be. And feel good about Alshon Jeffrey. And hopefully. Torrey Smith and, and Carson Wentz can be on the same page this week. Yeah, well, it feels like the old school Andy Reid linebackers thing, right? Where it's just like yep. he just does not put an emphasis on that. And it's just frustrating because, John, like you pointed out, like uh, for me, week one, uh, the the most disappointing thing, and we've talked a lot about Kareem Hunt and Dalvin Cook, and I know Brandon Dalvin Cook, like there, he they should have gone up to get him. All these guys who they could have, should have had. The one that upsets me the most was watching Tariq Cohen be the best receiver on the field in that Bears game. And and just how it's like, they went, that's my issue, is they went with Donnell Pumphrey, right? Like, Tariq Cohen was the guy. They if probably you wanted wanted to place, him, right? Yeah, like they should have. They probably panicked after he went off the board, right? The and that's issue. probably and why that's Donald Pumphrey's here. For Donald Pumphrey, go up and get the guy you want. Don't panic and go get a guy like Donald Pumphrey just because of that mistake. That's exactly where I'm going. And and, and it's I think it's a real issue with a a fundamental kind of philosophy here within the within the organization, John. Especially as yeah. BLG has pointed out, where this league is going. Granted, it is a passing league, but. You need to be able to do something there. You need to be able to to move the ball somewhat on the ground. Yeah, and 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 <laughs> more to the point of there were still other running backs after before and Humphrey. After, of course, it's well, just, that's the point. There's so many that whole circle. I know. It's like I don't want to. We've already beaten that into the ground death, a million yes. times, and it's fine. But I'm just the the point of this is have a little faith in Carson Wentz. I guess you know because that's where your offense is going to go. I don't under. I, I just don't understand why people keep expecting something that's not going to be there. We've already established that already. Like, have have the Honda come out, which, thank God, we said on the podcast at BGN underscore radio this week. I said, you know what? I really do. It's time to see Corey Clement for seven to nine carries this week. And then what happens two days later? Bing, bang, boom. They make all these different moves, and it sounds like he's getting reps with the ones. And what was it that uh, that also got pointed out there, BLG? Adam it wasn't, wasn't just that alone. Adam Kaplan had pointed out that if LeGarrette Blunt continues to struggle, 
Corey Clement is going to be the guy that they're going to try to cut into Blunt's reps and putting up there. And as John said just now, on Friday, Tim McManus from ESPN had pointed out that Corey Clement said he's been taking more first-team reps in practice this week, and he expects to have some kind of offensive role. John, to your point about the running backs and and everyone, here's the thing about the people who say, you know, don't take one in the first round. They say you can find one anywhere. Okay, yet the Eagles still have not been able to find one somehow after all this time. So that's my frustration with it. Yeah, especially, again, and, and we're not going to hammer the point, but when there, there have been so many guys who were taken in those later rounds who have proven to be real assets for teams who are on the board when the Eagles could have made those types of moves. Uh, but, you know, I think to the Clement point, and look, like, I, again, we all said it on this show when we were, John and I, on the air when he, you know, made the team officially. Uh, awesome story. So happy for yeah. the kid. But, like, like, if we're counting on all those people were like, Corey Clement has to make this team. I You're getting your wish right now. Right. Like, and, and I'm with you, John, like Corey Clement. Sure. Why the hell not? Because he's the best hybrid. Right, between but the don't expect, don't expect a ton but, of success here. Exactly. Don't but, expect this to be something where it's going to really make the offense better. But here's fire up the, uh, the oven here, grandma. <laughs> Corey Clement is a better option. Than Wendell Smallwood in this running game as your third running I'm back. Fine with that. shaking his head, but it's the truth because I mean, by like it. what margin? Like a hair? Like yeah, and uh, it, it, it doesn't it's like do the, anything for me. Yeah, it's it, but what, that's what I'm saying. You already you already saw what he did against Washington. You've seen oh, I'm with you've you. seen what he's done in the past. If he's got clear running reins and he's in the open field, he's great. Uh, I, I think that there is. I think that Corey might be a little better. The best hybrid version between Blunt and between Darren Sproles. Just, I mean, th- just like he's been described already, he is a Honda Accord. Not too fast, not too elusive, but he can get the job done. Yeah, no, I feel you. I think the bigger issue with Smallwood, and we saw it really in full display last week, was he can't pass block. Like, he doesn't know where to Huge be. Issue. He doesn't know what to do. I mean, that chop block, that is just Awful. as unacceptable as it gets as a, a running back in a blocking scenario. So I, I think the bigger issue with there is I don't know if they can afford to have him on the field more, and and I think that's where you're going to kind of see some some playing time lost. 888-729-9494. It is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Let's go to Dan in Pottstown. Dan, what's happening, buddy? How's it going, my, uh, my, my fellow uh, green bleeder? He goes, um, <laughs> great, buddy. Danny. Listen, first and foremost, I don't understand why everybody's putting such an emphasis on Kansas City because they beat New England. I don't see, I don't think they're a better team than the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and I'm saying that as a football fan and not as an Eagles fan. Um, secondly, people saying establish the run. It, it is a passing league, but what we're failing to realize here is Philadelphia is running the ball effectively. And, and what I mean by that. If, if, you're, if your running game is scoring points, putting touchdowns on the board, uh, uh, Ladera Blunt's never been a big yardage back, you know, get you a, a, a 1,200 yards a season. He'll get you 18 touchdowns as he did with New England last year. And to me, that's effective. I'll take that. You That means you're getting guaranteed six points every game from your running game. And then Carson Wentz go out there and do what he does and, and, and utilize his weapons. But Dan, when I, you I, say I, when I, you say effective, would you think last week was effective, or do you think it was just fine? I thought it was fine. Yeah, last yeah. year was. I mean, we, last year was eighteen. We, we, we won. We won the game, and and our running back scored at least one touchdown. I know um, Ladera Blunt at least had one touchdown. I don't know go, about the. Was it, on a, a, it was a passing play. Yeah, <laughs> and then on top of that, like he got eighteen touchdowns. With the Patriots last year, like I, you, you can't expect him to come in after his biggest career what? workload ever and come in and be Jimmy. the exact same guy here in a different offense. Hey, Jimmy Celso, you know I love you, brother man. Love you but too, listen, brother. listen, my man. In the end of the day, 
your running backs are producing. No matter where it comes from or, or, or which running back does it, if they're producing, that's better than what we had last season. Our running backs wasn't scoring points last year. Oh, yeah, Dan, Dan, we totally agree with that, but but also, like... They're not really know, producing, though, like, Mike, are they? Mike Gillisley scored three touchdowns in the Patriots' yeah. offense, so it's not like they're yeah, missing LeGarrette Blunt, you know? That's the exact Blood, point, you know? yeah. and it's like, just because you cross the goal line with the ball doesn't mean that the running game is effective. Like, no, yeah, you no, could no, have look, 10 carries for, for six yards and three <laughs> touchdowns, and that's not an effective running day. It's only been one week. We want it, and I'm not saying I don't want the running game to be effective. We absolutely do. But to to think that like they're going to switch over and even come close to forty eight fifty percent of the time with what they have is ridiculous. It's yeah. a ridiculous. It's thing. Absurd. Stop trying to make it. Let's go to Dennis in Springfield. Dennis, what's happening, buddy? Uh, good afternoon. It's it's not often you follow somebody on the air that has no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> but oh, but I like uh, boy, you know, boy, like boy, you know, I, I I could say the sun's going to shine tomorrow and uh, sound like a genius after that guy. Uh, <laughs> I called you after the third preseason game, and I said they should cut LeGarrette Blunt today because he's done. And what's going to happen is they're going to wait till week four, and, and they're finally going to bench him. He, there was holes there last week. Yeah. I, I saw him get through the, first, the, through the line of scrimmage and be tripped up three different times and be taken down for a two- or three-yard gain when there was eight or nine yards there. He's done. I don't know if he's, he's I don't think he's done. I just think he yeah, needs done. to be. People get old. They can't play no more. He it just, happens. It happens right, but, every, every year. But Dennis, NFL. Dennis, he just needs to be the second or third exactly. option. Exactly. He's not a feature. Yeah, he yeah. can't be your go-to guy. That's the issue. Well, that's what they brought him. I mean, they brought him in to be the go-to guy. So I, don't I don't think, think they so. did, I, mean, man. They, I think they brought him yeah. in to, I think they missed, again, they missed on Pumphrey. Yep. So that took away some of the, some of what they're planning to do on the offense. And there's, they're just like, okay, we're going to go with this because he's the established veteran, and we'll see what's going on. I do agree that the carries will probably start to, you know, be taken away as that feature back, just like you said, maybe even a little later, five, six, seven, to, I mean, to see what happens. Yeah, it depends here. on performance for but, but, if them, but if them holes are there, you don't have to be a superstar running back to get through them. Which is why I mean, you, take Corey, the, you take the Honda Accord through it, baby. That's what I'm saying. You, you, take, you take Corey Clement through it. I mean, he played big-time college football. He's a, he's, he's a, he's a real running back. I, I guarantee you, if Corey Clement got them carries LeGarrette Blunt got last week, the Eagles, the Eagles would have averaged way more per rush. Well, Dennis, than, than, we'll, have to, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know. Like, I think I, – I don't I, – again, I don't want to pump this up too much because I have literally said – that he is just a guy. Corey is just a guy. Yep. He is. But he that's, is a guy. But, but to Dennis's point, through those holes that uh, you get. See, I think that's where we're I, going here. I think that's where you drive but through, I, I, and it's look, a little more effective. Maybe slightly, yeah, no. agree. But I think where, and it feels like where people are coming from with this, like they are expecting way too much out of a guy who was an undrafted free agent. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's I'm, happened. Yeah. Arian Foster, it happened. And stuff. Exactly. <laughs> that's all I'm, I'm saying, like, people need to, to tone it down on the what they're expecting from Corey Clement because they are going to be disappointed. And Corey had a decent preseason, but, like, he averaged 3.8 yeah, yards per carry. He great. didn't do anything like yeah. Exceptional. Yes, yes. So back to our original point, throw the damn football. <laughs> it's okay to throw the foot because that's where the weapons are. Yes. Why on earth would you want to turn away from Zach Ertz, from, you know, Tori Smith, from Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey, from even Darren Sproles, who might be split out wide or whatever. Superstar Nelly Aguilar. Can, we, can, can I ask Doug Peterson to run some two personnel where it's two tight end, three wide receiver, and Be let's great. go have some fun. Yeah. You know, that's all, that's all I'm trying to say. Stick with what is going to get you to the playoffs. It's Carson Wentz, and it's these 
wide receivers. Oh my gosh! Well, first we got some caller on caller crime. Tom, why is why is Dan so dumb? <laughs> Dan, Dan's taking a beating today. Yeah. Tom, what's up, buddy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kansas City, you know, Kansas City's a playoff team, and this is a way for the Eagles to let everybody know that they can compete at that level. Just they like gotta be- just like Pittsburgh last year. <laughs> well, yeah, they kicked six field goals, and and if they get one touchdown, Kansas City's playing New England for the championship. They got sore about that. They came out and smacked. The Eagles need to be not predictable, and that's the only purpose of the run. The purpose of the run is to freeze the linebackers from, you know, coming up or dropping back. The D-backs are going to play the pass. The rushers are going to try to stop the run and then get after the quarterback. So the whole key to the running game is do you confuse or do you spell out to the linebackers exactly what the play is well i don't tom i don't i mean we appreciate the call but i don't think they're being predictive at at all with this i mean sure the point holds like the only like yeah you need to run the ball to keep the defense honest sure yeah but you know what keeps them really honest yeah 60 yard touchdown. yes absolutely that's that's a great point like that's like if you want anything the pass opens up the run i think and we and danny kelly danny kelly wrote a really good article on the ringer about it but the concept of even missing to tory smith on that opening pass really opened it up for things underneath it made a big difference it did and even just the the whole it's not just stats like we can't just get caught up in the stats Look at Alshon last week, and everyone's like, oh, he had a disappointing game. No, look at the attention that he drew specifically on the touchdown that Nelson Aguilar. Yep. The reason, part of the reason why Nelson Aguilar is running open down the field is because a safety is shaded over to uh, Alshon Jeffrey, and there you have that right there. And Torrey Smith, the, the thing with him and having those deep opportunities is exactly that it's not going to be a situation where Carson misses all the time. Like he's, These are going to hit. Like yep. These aren't easy plays to hit. And they're going to hit at some point. I got to say, after rewatching that first deep shot, that was the weirdest I have ever seen Carson Wentz's body be in position after that well, football. Didn't, was didn't, didn't Doug it say was, that? It his, looked like he was doing the well, crane Doug, from the Karate I mean, Kid. Well, it, it actually <laughs> makes sense. Doug said his foot slipped. And when you watch it, it that actually is like, oh, okay, maybe that's why he yeah. looks so weird like that. He's trying to like not fall forward or something. Yeah, his, his plant foot, which is the one that you release after you throw, is up in the air. Both of his arms are up in the air too. It's <laughs> He's the weirdest thing. Touchdown. Yeah, like you can't get a great shot of it at, at any point, even with all twenty-two. But like the blurry broadcast shot, I was like, "What is this? No wonder you missed on that." Yeah. Like, I yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully, and that's what I I, I think. That is definitely true because on the next throw, he's like, I'm making sure it gets there. Way too far. And he checked it way too yep. deep. I am so sick of hearing about Carson Wentz and his arm strength and like his deep ball accuracy and all this stuff. Let's give it a week. Charles, Larry, Joe, hang out. Uh, we'll get to it. And we will say, and I'm going to tell you why, that that Kansas City, and some, some people have already pointed out, that Kansas City Chiefs win over the Patriots being way overblown. This is definitely a closer game than the line is telling you. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Now, it's the Big Bad Patriots. I'm not going to disagree with any other freaking uh, the, the gold standard of the NFL. They've won many Super Bowls. Not according to Jeffrey Lurie, they, John. They've cheated a bunch of times to get in there. Whatever. However you want to phrase it. Tom Brady is the man and, you know, the Bill Belichick can do no wrong on the field or when he's, you know, cutting second round picks that he just traded for <laughs> three weeks beforehand. I get all that. To walk into there 
to come out with a win after playoff run that was disappointing for the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs are a great team. They're not a good team. They're a great team. But this game is being over, overblown like crazy. It's the week one overreaction of that game was very close for a long time up until it got to the fourth quarter. Patriots got caught napping a couple of times. I think from our old friend Eric Rowe, who <laughs> included that, which I'm sure BLG is very happy to hear about, uh, from Tyreek Hill. And look, that's going to be an important process of I don't know how the Eagles are exactly planning on doing this thing, and we'll get into that in a moment. But the Patriots had them on the ropes in the first quarter, and they didn't convert. That game was going to go sideways very quick after that Kareem Hunt fumble. Bill, being the guy is, with fans that are wearing clown shirts of Roger Goodell and really wanting to push the limit on opening. I said, nope, we're going to go for it. We're not going to take the points. We're going to run these guys into the ground. And then they didn't. Kansas City was allowing them to dictate the entire way that their offense was being run, and they took advantage of it. I think it actually happened earlier. I think when Gronk dropped that touchdown pass, that was when it turned. I think if Gronk catches yeah. that and they're up 14 and yeah, up right. in there, I think that game is over. And, There's and, a holding penalty or something that got drawn back, too, along with that, right? There was like well, a couple the, of – there's a whole there was meritage a whole, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, stuff. But he, you know, caught it, touchdown – was not a touchdown. Uh, but I also think, I think what, I think Andy Reid did a really great job. Andy Reid came in and especially offensively, you know, Belichick, the king of taking away the thing you do best. I don't think Belichick saw Kareem Hunt coming at all. And I, you know, I think Andy played it really strategically. I know this is shocking in game. Like he really waited till the fourth quarter to roll some of that stuff out and, to, you know, the swing passes and stuff that were so effective. I just think, look, you know, Belichick came in expecting one thing. Andy gave him something else. And for once, Andy got the best of Belichick. All right, so I have my take for you guys. Oh, here we go. Right, ready? Line just, it up. Yes, it's the, the yes. BGN Radio Take of the Week on 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Gowton, fire away. All right, so the Chiefs, <laughs> they might be good. They might not be good. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the Eagles lose this game. Doesn't wow. matter if the Eagles. Yeah. doesn't matter. No, this it game doesn't. doesn't matter. No, I agree. They're an AFC team. Look back to the 2000- Hold on, time out for a second. Last week, you're telling me. Last week was a must-win game yeah. against Washington, <laughs> and now in week two, now that they're one and zero, because they, they can won. go one and <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now My here's goodness. why: go back to the 2013 season. The Eagles started off one and three, but all three of those losses were against AFC teams, so they were still one and zero in the division, including this Chiefs team, correct? Ex- yes. yes, and they were one and zero in the conference. So they went on that year to go ten and six. They made the playoffs. It's a big difference going one and three. And three of those, those losses being AFC teams than it is going one and three and those being division teams or some kind of or conference, some kind Even of mix conference. In there. Yep. It's so if the Eagles lose this game, they come back, they beat the Giants, they're two and one, they're two and oh in the, the division, and they're two and oh in the conference. To me, this game just doesn't really matter. I'll I'll, uh, I'll do you one better. Once they the, the Giants game is a lock. Oh, baby. They're going to win that game. No matter what happens here, <laughs> doesn't matter what I, happens here. Honestly, Win or lose, I, I am inclined to agree with you. It's a lock, baby. I think the de- that they <laughs> might they might break the record for sacks in an NFL what, game. I was going to say start the Philadelphia defense in yes. your fantasy lineup in Week Three because oh that's going to that's going to be disastrous. Eric Flowers might retire after the game. <laughs> Let's go to Charles in the Northeast eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. It's BJ and Radio. What's going on, Charles? How are you, buddy? Hey, hey, guys! Great show as always. Thanks, pal. If one from Lehigh Valley calls, please cut him off before he says one of his stupid jokes, okay? We're getting a lot of caller-on-caller no. crime today. This is great. Oh, no, but no. I, I haven't done it for a while, but I've been hearing Ron on the station lately. It's just nauseating. Now, a couple things, guys. 
According to what people think, unlike what people think, Andy Reid is not the late great Bill Walsh. Alex Smith is not Joe Montana. Listen, they had a great game last week, but they overachieved. Patriots didn't play well. People are overrating the Chiefs. They're underrating the Eagles. The Eagles go in there, take them 27-20 tomorrow. But here's the thing. I'm getting, everybody's going on about the running backs. I've heard you guys going about the running backs. Yeah. Everybody's missing the obvious. The best running back on the Eagles, the guy who should be getting the ball the most behind, in the backfield, the guy who should be getting the most touches is Darren Sproles. Charles, I said, that, I said he should have 20 touches last week. I'm in agreement with you. I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't, I think he should be the first man up. Uh, Thank yeah. you, John. Yeah. He, under, he got four touches last week. This is either his last year or if he decides to come back his last, in his, next to last year. What are we saving this guy for? He's by far our best back. The, the Garrett Blunt and Corey Clement are nothing but change of pace backs. Wendell Smallwood, he's done nothing back. He was terrible last week. There was three <laughs> runs not, last uh, week. Charles, he's not, a, he's, not a, he's not a nothing back either. I'm just saying, like, for this week, I'd like to see Corey Clement for Wendell Smallwood, just to see. If it doesn't work, you can go back to it. It's not a big deal. And the point is not bitching about the running backs. It's bitching about the people who are bitching about the running backs to stop bitching about the running backs. Throw the damn ball. I know that's yeah. really just, they just went yeah, in a circle it was, there. It, but. It, was, it was hard to follow. <laughs> I think we followed it. Point being, the Eagles can't run the ball, so stop asking them to yes, run the ball. Yeah, right? yeah. There are, there are certain things you can change and do, and I still I still agree with Charles. I think Darren Sproles needs to be. Absolutely. And when I say touches, that not carries. I'm just saying. 10 touches uh, or 10 carries in, in 10 wrecks. Let's go. 10 targets and uh, let's do yeah. it. You're not going to get an argument from me. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. A, it, I, think you'll, I think you'll see that uh, at some point during during the season. I don't even know if they're going to do it here. No. I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what, what the – if you're going to attack this Kansas City defense, what's the first thing you do? I mean, look, here's the thing. It's I think you're using Zach Ertz. I think it's another Zach Ertz week. I think we saw it like Eric Berry – is, you know, a top three safety in the sport. We saw what he did on Gronk last week. He's not playing. And, and that's a massive, massive loss for them. It, it really changes the whole complexion of their defense. And it makes, all of a sudden, it makes Zach Ertz the most important eagle going into Sunday, in my opinion. For me, I totally agree with that, James. The other weakness on this team, you know, we all talk about Marcus Peters. Look at the guy across from him. <laughs> Terrence Mitchell. Not as good. Not no. so great. He had, <laughs> in fact, bad. Bad. I would he say. gave up. Five catches, I believe, for about 96 yards in week one. And and he had four penalties. He had two defensive holdings and two pass interferences. So that guy is going to get targeted a lot. I'm guessing he's going to be lined up over Torrey Smith. Because I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Ah, well, I, I would say. Here, well, I think, here's the well, thing. Yeah. They, like, 90-plus percent Kansas City lines their guys up on the same side no matter what. Like, Marcus yeah. Pierce always on the left. Uh, Mitchell always on the right. Oh, so, either way, the yeah. Eagles will have the option to get the matchups that they want in that sense. Yeah, so if you want to go deep and you want to throw it to Torrey, go ahead. But if you want to get Austin some touches, yep. put them up against you Terrence know what, Mitchell. Yep. You know what? Then I think Doug will at some point. Well, at least I hope so. Guys, I always think back to that Green Bay Seattle game from a couple years ago. Where they just wasted, I can't even remember who it was. It was like their fourth string wide receiver. Geronimo Allison, yes. that one. And they're just like, yeah. here, here, Richard Sherman, cover him. <laughs> yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna allow yes. Jordy to get open. So here's what I'm gonna say. Put Nelson Aguilar on Marcus Peters and let the other two go at it. Ooh. That's what I think you should do this game. And just test I think personally, you need to test the safeties immediately and the left side of the field immediately. I don't think there's much difference in what you do with Washington as you do with Kansas City especially because their strength is all right up front. And and I think it's much better than Washington's from a linebacker and a pass rushing perspective. You have Houston there. 
You have, you know, D Ford, who's uh, oddly enough, I, <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing that he's become a pretty decent yeah, it's all outside linebacker there. I never thought he would fit in a three, yeah. four, but that's where their strength is. Go away from it and keep testing the secondary early. Yeah. And Derek, late. Derek Johnson, 75 years old, still getting it done out there with major uh, injuries. Too. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. But uh, the other uh, corner as well, just speaking of the slot, EJ Gaines, not that good either. That's oh, another oh, area where oh, you can oh, we've really seen take advantage of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Philip Gaines. Yeah. Yeah. Philip. Right. Did I say? Yeah. Philip Gaines. Excuse go. me. Yeah. I, don't yeah. I was thinking of EJ Gaines. EJ's the guy in, who just got traded to Buffalo. Yeah, yes. Right. There you Getting go. my Gaineses. Too many Gaines. <laughs> quarterbacks. Gaines. Yeah, exactly. Let's go to Larry in uh, Ridley Park. Larry, you're on BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Fellas, how are you doing today? Good. Listen, fellas, I called you last week, and I said even before there was a snap that Dalvin Cook was the real deal. Oh, Larry, Larry, he went against the Saints, and it took him two and a half quarters to break off 100 yards. Can I finish my – can I finish? I'm with you, Larry, by the way. Go ahead. Okay. So, basically, I did some research. Do you know what the Vikings gave up to get Cook? Do you know? They gave up their second rounder, and they gave up a fourth rounder. <laughs> and we had two or three fourth rounders. Who did we pick in the fourth round? Can you tell me? Mac Collins. Mac Collins. No. Well, <laughs> and Donnell Pumphrey. Yeah, Donnell Pumphrey. I know. There you go. So let me ask you this: Would you rather have the guy that's on the injured reserve, or would you rather have Cook? We I'll told take. The, you I'll we take. Were- I'll take the guy that's on injured reserve over Dalvin Cook right oh, now. Oh, well, that's on, a bad John. take, John. You be <laughs> Larry, bad Larry, take. No, it's not. Larry and James, you're going to eat your words by next year because he is much better at his position than Dalvin Cook it is, as it is. Just so, because he's not so, on the field. Who are you talking about? Sydney Jones. Oh, oh, I'm oh, taking oh, Sydney oh, Jones over Dalvin you. Cook I, five times I a week. You're, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. I'm with you 100 million percent. Yeah. I thought you were just talking about not liking Cook. I'm with you 100 I like Cook. I do too. That was my point. I thought you were saying you didn't like Cook. That's where I was confused. I'm with you. I would take Sidney Jones over Dalvin Cook 100 times out of 100 as well. Sorry, Larry. Okay, would you like to Cook now? Sure, but I, I'd rather I, I, have Sidney Jones' I would never, I would never say that. you drafted is on the injured reserve. So what? He's, no, he's not, not going he to be here. See, he may not see a snap this year. What? So that, he's not on injured reserve. He's yeah. on the NFI list. He can come back as soon as week seven. And either way, even you if he, he doesn't will? play a snap, the you long... I don't know, but he can. Larry, it's He's long term here. Yeah. You're you're spiking the football after one week against yeah. a really bad Saints defense. And Sidney Jones hasn't played. Like, I, what are you talking about here? He's not a hundred percent out for the season, too. <laughs> <laughs> I just, listen. I get it. I get that there's no running back here, and Dalvin Cook is going to be a good running back. I like Dalvin. Cook. There's a reason why I also think, and I was. It's still proven to be true. He went in the second round. Yep. You and people keep saying, "Look at that! That's not four or five speed." Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And people were calling him running back one. And I haven't heard a peep about anybody about Leonard Fournette yet. I, and that's I'm it. With that's you. the guy. You know that I said that from the jump. Christian McCaffrey was overdrafted. Dalvin Cook and him should have been drafted right around the same parts in late first round or early second round. That's exactly where they went. They're going to be effective. They're going to have very good careers. Everybody is going to eat their words, much like Ben Simmons, and there's lots of takes of that going around because nobody's seen him play in year one. Sidney Jones will be such a better football player than Dalvin Cook. You can book that right now. It's BGN Radio, Sports Radio, 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. People get so caught up now in the revisionist history of the first three rounds of this past draft. That's not the argument. The argument is that the Eagles really screwed up day three. 
because most of their picks are not on the roster. That's the point. Mac Hollins is the only one that made it through. Correct me if I'm wrong, other than there was nobody else from the Elijah Qualls. Ah, there we go. Elijah, I forgot. But only two. Who is deactivated, who I would really like to see in me this too. game, too, by the I way. I like and Elijah Qualls. Yeah. And, uh, and who else? No, he said he will because Vi- yeah, yeah, Vi- yeah, is out. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, big time. So that's going to be, I think that's important, too, uh, because of, you know, the, I think the Kareem Hunt hype has kind of taken off a little bit, too, because when you're when you debut as like the best fantasy player that's ever made a debut, I think that tends to happen. We'll get into that in just a moment. But right now, it is time for the NFC Least. The Follies, the Screwballs, and the Screw-Ups. It's BGN Radio's NFC Least on Sports Radio 94 WIP. All right, Johnny, as we like to do, we like to go through the entire NFC East and see See what's happening around there as the music uh, likes to agree it, you know, It's like well. the, the NFC least, now just the, the music bed made yeah. the NFC so, least. So Jack Fritz, sorry, with Jack Fritz <laughs> is the least, I think, in this one. Uh, Johnny, uh, when we get the music back, let's uh, let's head down to Dallas. I think the music, ah, oh, there, there he is. is. Johnny, what's going on in Dallas? Uh, hey, I don't know if anybody knew this. Dak Prescott's now Peyton Manning, guys, after only scoring 19 freaking points. And the defense of the Dallas Cowboys is now a juggernaut because they played against the team that has no offense. None. And all of a sudden, JPP became the greatest pass rusher ever as Landon Collins, or Landon Collins, he'd probably be a better right tackle than Lyle Collins. How about that? Because suddenly after one play, we're all in the GIF mode. We're all in the six-second video, and Collins is the be- the fifth best offensive lineman on this de- vaunted Dallas defense. I can't wait to see the, the, when they actually see a real, real pass rush, James. I don't know. Key and Faye told me that Dak's good, so I guess I'm just going to go with that. Uh, Johnny, you just mentioned your favorite player ever, Landon Collins. What's going on up in New York? They have a literal skeleton playing quarterback <laughs> in New York now. Is Eli, Eli Manning's dead, right? <laughs> like, they just keep propping him up out there. Maybe it's just, I, I feel like like they a weekend just, at Bernie's They thing? just went young Bob Greasy, and they're just kind of pretending that it's that it's him, and they made a bunch of makeup. Like, he literally is gone and lost. Ben McAdoo, coach of the year, Ben McAdoo, in his third year, can't run a damn offense. They, they spent all this time on weapons, on everything. They completely ignored the offensive line, and it's shelling. Eric Flowers couldn't start on my nephew's Pop Warner team right now. It's disgusting. <laughs> I can't wait for week three. Oh, my goodness. And with the hell of a mustache, though. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, we, we don't like to, uh, you know, ignore ourselves. What's happening in Philadelphia? Jack Fritz pointed this out on the CounterPoint podcast, and I 100% agree with him. A Gatorade bath <laughs> in week one? You could have ended the season, right, Jack Fritz? They could have ended the season right there. They jeopardized the whole season. You don't premature Gatorade bath. You don't do it. Yeah, and and what? And, and because of this Gatorade bath, because of a, a couple of high fives between coach and defensive coordinator, suddenly everything's great and rosy. And Jim Schwartz definitely doesn't want the head coaching job. Everything's good, Eric. Or, <laughs> Eric, I, I was about to say Eric Ertz. Uh, Zach Ertz <laughs> comes out and defends everybody, and now everything's rosy. There can't possibly be anything wrong with the Eagles infighting at all. It's it's good here, James. Sean, they just did it because they love Doug, just like he loves them. Johnny, what is going on down in the dumpster fire in D.C.? They're paying Kurt Coupons $23.9 million to throw to nobody. 
None. They should be paying that to Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson. And I was told that the replacements are going to be just the same and nothing's going to change. And then all of a sudden, the second or third or fourth best team in yards is going to slide back down to where they're scoring points because this offense also stinks. It's like Tony Romo as BLG was telling me. (laughs) They're not going to win anything. Enjoy San Francisco. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. But they're going to get their safety back, right, John? Oh, no, they're not because Sue Cravens was was literally at my nephew's Pop Warner coaching them. And And for some reason, Washington fans still believe that Cravens has a chance to come back Ladies and gentlemen, did you see the Snapchat? Did you see what he said? He said, I'm done. And Washington's doing everything they can to convince him to come back. And yet Redskins fans, for whatever reason, blew up all of my mentions. Like, well, he's coming back, right? I mean, he didn't officially say he's done. He's done. He's going home and he's going to bed. That's it. Just like Washington season. Yeah, it's all it's all gone. It's like they they kept telling us that there was going to be oh, there's very competitive NFC East. There's going to be no basement dweller. Washington and, Gi- and the Giants in Week One are going eh, maybe maybe it's back to a two team race again of of not great teams. Let's go to Joe and Elton because he's been waiting for a while. Joe, what's going on, buddy? Hey, what's going on, guys? Not Joe. a lot, my friend. Yeah, I just- I just wanted to retouch about the whole um, Dalvin Cook. I know you guys have been hearing about that a lot, but I'm a huge Florida State fan since Bobby Dowd's days, growing up watching him. And that guy broke Worth Dunn's record. What is Worth Dunn doing in the NFL? I mean, that's got to mean for something, guys. Well, no, we're not saying like we, th- Joe. We think Dalvin Cook is a really good running back. Like none of us think he stinks or anything like that. I, I sure he's good, but but. You think he's better than Derek Barnett? I, I sure did. Than Derek Barnett? Oh. No, absolutely uh, not. Joe. We're talking about Sidney Jones. With the talent, with the talent we have, no, we could have picked him first round. No, 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 no. You don't pick for need. You pick the best player on the board. And Derek Barnett it, is a much right. better asset for this team. Joe, than it would have been a reach. Graham. We know it would have been we a reach because he lasted all the way to the second. Like, it would have been Here's a reach. Three. Here's another stat, okay? We have four guys. Already on defense, starting for us, Thursday Seminoles, Ronald Darby, Patrick Robinson, Timmy Jernigan, and Nigel Radham. Who are what? They're hell of a player. They're Seminoles. all from Florida State. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. this is this is all the F- FSU bias then coming FSU in? Whatever. All starting on Philly. Okay, so I'm just saying that the product. We used to have like nine field. Oregon players here. What's the yeah, point? At one point, Cincinnati was the, was yeah. had the most roster spots. Florida State's a great program. Is that what you want? I'm confused. Well, They're great. The point, is, the point is, with the running problems that we had at the beginning of the season, I understand Carson Wentz and our offense is a pass-happy offense. But if you keep running it that way, he's going to get hurt. You have to have somebody that's going well, that to be a problem. Joe, We're not saying pe- we don't want one. I'm so confused. You know who protects Carson Wentz? The offensive line. <laughs> get that. Get that out of here. Get it out of here. God, it is, and no disrespect, no disrespect. Yeah, you could do it. It's fine. FSU Twitter and FSU fans are the worst. Except Stephen Notcher. Penn State fans are still worse. Oh, no, yeah, I'm just saying they're in the group. They're in the group. Sorry, Penn State fans. There's a bunch of worsts. Uh, uh, Listen, (laughs) there there is, I don't know how Dalvin Cook 
makes um, Vitae a, a better left tackle. You should have taken him at 14, John. Dar- why did you take Derek Barnett? Clearly, Dalvin Cook was the best. I, I can't believe this. It's it's one football It's one football game against the Saints. Now he's an all-pro. We'll get back to more. We're going to reset. Uh, there's a. The, it's amazing to me that we are so focused on this running game when the thing that we should be paying attention to is the Eagles secondary this week. We'll get into it. It's BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. You know what the Eagles should have done? They should have taken Kareem Hunt with the 14th pick overall. <laughs> that guy's a superstar. How could you not take him at 14? I, I don't understand it. They should have taken Dalvin Cook at 14. They should have taken Chris Carson, who went in the seventh round at 14. Like, come on, guys. Like, right? Am I right? That's how this works. That's right? how it feels. That's how I feel what is about going all... on? it. on? Just because there are good NFL players, because there's a lot of them that get drafted, does not make the guys that the Eagles selected. Mm, what's that word? Bad. <laughs> it doesn't make Sidney Jones bad. It doesn't make Darren Barnett bad. I can't believe that. We, I mean, you have to remember what we all said during that time. Corner, wide receiver, pass rusher. Running back was the fourth thing on the list. And also just, and I know needs, <laughs> I understand needs, I get it. After the quarterback, the next two most important positions in the sport are an edge rusher and a cornerback. And the Eagles got two of them who theoretically could be franchise pieces at those positions. Like, it's outrageous. to re- Like, I get it. I get it. I want Dalvin Cook here, too. I want Kareem Hunt here, too. I want all those guys. But, like, to say that they that those picks were mistakes just because they didn't take the running back there, it is, it, it's wrong. And we're going to see if they are, especially with one of them, going to get close to that this week. Because they have a very tough assignment in covering Tyreek Hill. And with Darby going down, and I couldn't believe that Douglas was inactive. I couldn't believe McDougal was inactive. I would assume both of those guys have to be and ready to rock and roll. And it's not the hardest test in the world for a guy like Razul Douglas. I think this matches up pretty well with everybody but Tyreek Hill, and nobody can really do that yeah. on in this secondary. But BLG, I think this is an important test to see where Douglas is at. I don't expect him to start but I do expect them to get into the mix here. And the Eagles didn't really reveal their plan at all at cornerback. Jim Schwartz was purposely playing that close to the vest this week. I think it's going to be a rotation of guys. There's no way. There's just no way they put Douglas out there the whole time. They, uh, no, oh, no. the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole time. Like yeah. you would, you would have had him active that if last week if if they had something like confidence in him to play. The fact that he wasn't active tells you they don't feel he's ready to play. Which is what I remember, John. I was saying yeah. when I saw him out of the. Training camp, so I think it's going to be a rotation. You're going to see Douglas out there. Doug made it sound like they want to keep Patrick Robinson in the slot. Like when he was talking earlier this Good. week. Well, that's where that's where I was going to go next because I was yeah. like, I actually think that at least for the first drive out there, you're going to have Douglas starting at yeah. CB two one. However, you want to identify that right. now. And Patrick Robinson's going to be in the slot because it makes the most sense. Yeah, it's the only time he's looked like an NFL football player is when he's in the slot. Like, there's no reason to weaken other things. Like, if he's worse on the outside, like, keep him where he can play better and just, you know, take the hit on the outside instead of taking a hit on the outside and on the inside. Now, what do you do? And this is a question that I pose. I'll, I'll pose it to you guys as well. 888-729-9494. If you could take out one of the offensive weapons between Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey, which one are you choosing? 
like because well, I think I oh, think it is on. I think it I is you're gonna say way more important to Stop take Travis a, Kelsey to take away Travis. I Kelsey. agree completely. That's they it, can though. But mm. here's the thing. No, I get where you're. I get. I get yeah. where you're coming from. Ty- yeah. Tyreek Hill is a game changer, and what that guy does yeah. really does make a difference. My issue is like. I don't know how, like, I don't think you can really, they they can really stop Tyreek Hill from at least getting one big play. I think yeah. you just concede that, and you, Kelsey is what makes that offense go. Kelsey, and you saw it, even though he was, even though it was Kareem Hunt and Ty Hill who, who ended up with the stats on that in, against the Patriots, you could see how much of the offense is designed for Kelsey and how much those plays open everything up for everybody else. But on the other hand, you know, to some extent, what Hill does opens things up underneath. We saw it last week for Zach Ertz. Like, he's having things open up because of the deep threat. I think you look at it that way, and I would rather Hill taken out because that just – it's not a good matchup, guys. It's not even about, like, Tyreek Hill is a great wide receiver because I don't think he's, like, actually – you know, he's not, like, a top five wide receiver in terms of, like – super fast. Yeah, he's just really fast. And guess what? The Eagles cornerbacks, aside from Ronald Darby, who's the fastest one, are slow. So it's just a terrible matchup in that sense. And when you look at it from a matchup perspective, look, guys, like, Jordan Hicks is awesome. Like, he can cover Travis Kelsey. Malcolm Jenkins, also pretty good in the slot. You don't think Jordan Hicks can? Consistently. He's the best coverage Mm. linebacker in the NFL. All right. I think you got to waste. I think you got to put Patrick Robinson or, or, or Malcolm a, Jenkins on. I'll I think like you need this. a safety yeah. on him. I feel way, way better about Jordan Hicks or Malcolm Jenkins on Travis Kelsey than I do any of the corners well, of on Tyreek Hill. Of course well, that's my but point. That's kind of my Here's, point. Go ahead. Oh, no, I no. just think you can stop Kelsey. I think Hill is what it is. Like I, you don't have anyone who can run with that dude. Like you try your best to scheme around it, but like he's going to get open deep, and what, if they connect, they connect. Like it's going to happen. If it was any other quarterback in the league, I would agree with you. But it's Alex Smith, and he's going to be overly precautious before he takes that deep shot. And I know that Tyreek Hill allows you to do that. I mean, he, the only time that he felt comfortable up and up and through that entire game was there was literally nobody on him. So I think if you just, I, I, yeah, I think if you have Rizzo, whoever bumping with him and then doing that semi cover two with a safety shaded over to that side, I, I think that's how you approach it. And you take out Travis Kelsey, you take away the the most important rhythm for Alex Smith, he's already throwing as fast as possible at what whatever it was, 2.3 or 2.4 from snap to throw. Like, you have to find a way to disrupt it, and I think you disrupt the short and you take your chances on the deep shots. Even though it's a bad matchup, I still think that's the way you go. Now, it's also interesting, too, because I don't know what Jim, which way Jim Schwartz is going to go. Yeah, that's He's played the, close yeah. to the best on everything. When people are starting to think, oh, the aggressiveness of Washington and this is going to come through and they're going to keep blitzing more. I don't know. I don't think you see zero coverage blitzes at all this week. I think you see five guys sometimes. I think they're going to spread out and play zone most of the time. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to see a ton of man this week. Yeah, well, I think I think that could make a lot of sense. And and look, uh, you know, I think they brought pressure last week because you know, and granted, not the best game for them, but Washington did have a solid to good offensive line. Mm-hmm. Kansas City doesn't. Andy Reid does a great job of scheming around a bad offensive line, but. There's a couple pieces on there, but like Eric Fisher, we all know Eric Fisher. I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> not a good offensive lineman. There, right. there are real holes in that O line that I think I think Schwartz can get pressure with his four. Yeah, they're gonna. I think he's gonna try and re- rely on the four there BLG, and I think this is the time that uh, preseason uh, Kendricks kind of has to come out and shine once again. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think I think slot blitzes are out. I think a lot of this is out. I think it's double A gap if you want to do that. I think it's from uh, from one of the outside linebackers and nickel. Um, I don't know. Do you see do you see him blitzing the same amount? Well, when you look at Alex Smith, what does he do well? He doesn't turn over the ball in terms of interceptions. He doesn't throw picks. But what does he do? What's the trade off to that? 
he takes sacks. He takes a lot of sacks. Out of 28 active quarterbacks in the NFL that qualify, that had enough reps and everything, he ranks 26. Wow. So he takes sacks. <laughs> I did not realize yeah, that. Especially, well, especially for someone who's somewhat mobile, that's exactly. even more surprising. It's because it's because he'll eat the ball instead of throwing a dumb pass. So that's mm-hmm. the sacks opportunities are going to be there. The, the Eagles offensive – or sorry, the Eagles defensive line – dominated a good Washington pass-blocking offensive line. That Washington offensive line is good. They're going up against the Chiefs this week. They're going to have opportunities to get sacks. As you said, John, Alex Smith gets the ball out fast, so it's a challenge, but there are going to be opportunities, and they're going to have to come up big again. And It's going to be a theme that's present throughout the season. This Eagles defensive line, which is the strength of the team, has to show up. It's crazy to me, too, because uh, Vince brought this up on the podcast, and I couldn't believe my ears. That BGN underscore radio is where you can find us. Alex Smith threw, for the first time in his career, 3,500 yards, the most in his career wow. last season. Wow. 3,500 yards. He's never yards. had 300-yard wow. back-to-back <laughs> games. Carson That's Wentz just, in one like, year has when, thrown for more than yeah. Alex Smith ever did in his career. And when I say Carson Wentz needs to find out how to get to the next play rather than trying to make things happen, I'm not talking about in this style. That's way too much. Taking... <laughs> you know, not like that. That's not, insane. Yeah, but yeah, get to no, the next play. Like, not yeah, like that. It, <laughs> exactly. it almost makes you appreciate yeah. the gunslinger and Wentz that we have, you know? 888-729-9494. Let's go to Mike in Newcastle. Mike, what's going on, buddy? You're on BGN Radio. Oh, gosh. Good, good show you got on. You guys got on. Thanks, hey, man. Listen, um, before I make my main point, I got a couple of things I want to say. I think, first of all, you guys are proposing that, uh, of course, listen to them throw the ball more. What defenses want you to do that. They want to take away uh, something from you in order to, to make you one-dimensional. And for them to throw the ball all the time, it's going to have the, the, the defense sit back in, in, in the pocket and, and, just, and just wait on Carson to throw something. Now, the second thing I think... Oh, wait, real, real quick, Mike, before you get to the second point, we'll definitely give you time there. Just to clarify, okay. we're not saying throwing more. They're throwing about 58% of the time, which is a league average at this point. I don't think they have to do anything different from, you know, running the ball more, throwing the ball less. I think you're going to see Carson Wentz, again, throw 35 to 40 times a game, and I think that's okay for what the – that's what he should be doing. Well, that's going to be – I think I've been with Kansas City, though, and Andy Reid. That's going to be a little too much. Because my second point is going to be this. It's about the experience of, of, of the coaches. The coaches, you know, being – and, and, and the Eagles coach, man, it, it, it's, it's miles apart. And I think I think Andy Reid is going to is going to exploit that that deep the offensive line, which which is my main point is going to be is that you know that offensive line that the Eagles have is very still very very suspect. You know, oh, and, I agree. And and, and, and they're going to and if they get in on on Carson enough, you know, and I hate to say it for Eagle fans. You may not see that guy for a while. You know, <laughs> well, yeah, big, no, that's a scary. That's big. that's a scary part of it, Mike. But the only problem is that, like, the running game is. I I, I don't even know if I can call it overly effective because it's not. It's not what sets up their offense. It's the it's the passing game that sets up the rest of that stuff. It it makes those guys back off, you know. But I think with the Eagles, I think they should try to exploit the run, even though it may not be effective. But you got to give the defense something to think about. You know, if you're just sitting back in the pocket, just pass, 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 and maybe you throw the ball once every four or five series, I mean, they, you got to give them something to think about 
You know, if you if you put Brown or, or Clement in 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 Osborne Nation or something, at least give them something. Think about. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Absolutely, they have to do that. And that's why I'm saying, like, they they can't. As much as this is what I I struggle with every other week. There was last week, Doug Peterson stopped being cute, but at the same time, you kind of need to be cute, <laughs> you know. And and I don't know if if the. Uh, I wouldn't consider swing passes or screens cute. No, uh, but uh, don't run them on third and nine because there's no, there's not a lot of upside there. That's my issue with that. I think he needs to be a little more creative on how to get the the ball in the hands of your running backs and do all that. And like a true West Coast form, you don't need to pound your head into the wall just because. There's there's a lot of just because. Just just run it because, and that's not that doesn't change or scare a defense at all. No, no, you need to do things that are effective. Look, if you're going to scare the yeah. crap out of a defense is if Tory Smith scores. An exactly. Touchdown. That's exactly right. <laughs> and, and, and like the point is like, if you run into the line three times and don't go anywhere, that doesn't mean the defense is going to be honest. It's not like they're going to say, Oh, they could run it here. We got to be ready for it. Cause it's not taking that much effort to stop the run to begin with. You don't need to load the box against this team, even if they are running, you know? So, so it's not, the issue is the ability to do it. Not, you know, that they, that whether they should or should, they can't do it. That's the issue. If you can't do it, you can't like, you shouldn't just pound your head into a table for no reason. Yeah, and and uh, and that's why, like, you know, I don't know. I, throwing the ball the way they do it is 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 fine by me. Uh, I don't think they need to do anything less or more. They just need to they need to execute a little better. You know, like that's that that was half of it. I mean, those are two huge plays that they don't hit on that would have made the game impossible for the Washington yeah. to come back from. I mean, you hit that deep shot early, sure, the momentum there, the. Uh, the what was it? The, what would happen early? The fumble or an interception or something like that? When there was, you know, they got the ball back after the Flexer Cox yeah. sack fumble. They turned the ball over again. Like that, that it's it's all of that. It's well, more I, execution than it is like doing anything different. And like you said, just to kind of hammer on some of the numbers passing that they had against Washington again. I mentioned the Danny Kelly piece on the Ringer, really good piece about Wentz and the potential for the deep ball to kind of be the final piece to pull it all together. But uh, three quick stats from you. Uh, Carson Wentz, 138 yards passing when under pressure. Best in the NFL last week. 9 of 11 for 148 yards and two touchdowns on third down. 8 of 14 as a team. ball game there. And then average depth of target, which I know we have all kinds of issues with that. With the, you know, average depth (laughs) of target of 10.8 yards, third best in the league. They threw the ball effectively. It works. I was told he can't do that. Well, he can't do that. So weird. Uh, there's also an interesting point. Speaking of Carson Wentz from uh, Therese Paler, who writes uh, for the KansasCity.com, uh, who's the beat writer over there, covers the Chiefs. He, one of his keys to victory for the Chiefs to win, he says you got to make Wentz win from the pocket, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Correlating with that step. PLG, do you think that Wentz is just better under pressure and still doesn't have the NFL seasoning to be comfortable in just a clean, open pocket? where he's thinking a lot, he's staring down. I mean, I noticed that in the first couple of drives that he was doing where even on the Nelson Aguilar crazy touchdown, he was staring down Zach Ertz for an awfully long time when Marcus Peters was there. You had Alshon Jeffrey coming over as a crosser wide open for about 10, 11 yards and didn't look closely enough because that closed off. Then the pressure came. Then he makes a fantastic play after that. What do you think? Do you think that it's just a little time or is that an issue? I think what he does best is play out of structure. And that's, that's not like a slight. That makes him special. That's right. why yes. he was the number two pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Because like you can't just get 
any quarterback like that. Like Dak, that's not his thing. Like that's mm-hmm. not going to be his thing. And now, obviously, you want to see him play better in structure to some extent. You know, we need to see those the deep passes to Tory hitting, and they, I think they will. I think that'll get ironed out over time. I do think this is a big game for Wentz in the sense that this is one of those games that he needs to go win it. Like if they have a team, yeah. like he needs to just win. Like he need, he needs to be the reason they win. Like if they win this game, it's going to have to be him. Like we're going to have to look at that back on Monday and be like, wow, like Carson Wentz won that game in spite of the fact that Tyreek Hill had like two big touchdown plays right. in spite of the fact that Travis Kelsey had like a billion receptions. That's how it has to be. 888-729-9494. It's good to David. What's up, buddy? How are you? Gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing great. Look, I, uh, uh, out here in, in in Dallas country, uh, oh, no. I can't stand. The Do you have a job as like a radio announcer or something? Like you have a terrific voice, David. Uh, no, I'm I'm a comedian and a singer. There you go. Hey, you can see it. Yes, <laughs> it's got to be somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah, man, those pipes. Yeah, but I, it, it just kills me because I have always been uh, a, a, a fan of the little man, a fan of the the, the, the underappreciated, and I think that uh, Mr. Jalen Mills, the Green Goblin. Yes, sir. Be exactly who he is. He's tenacious. He's fearless. He will compete. Uh, he doesn't have elite speed, and he's not going to get any taller. But the guy absolutely fights. If the secondary plays the way his character is, they are going to be in just about every game that they play, talent or not. Well, there yeah, if, a, if, if Chris Conley's on him the entire time, I absolutely agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but there's got to be something said. I do like J- Jalen Mills. He's like turned Jaylen my Mills. positive. Like I, I'm more positive on Jalen Mills this season than what than I was last year for sure. The center of the defense is going to be really, really good all year if everybody stays healthy. I mean, just down the core. Agreed. But question is, can can it be as consistent as it needs to be to? overshadow the flaws that are going to be on the outside from game to game. This is one of those games where on paper, the Eagles should lose because there's too many weapons. They're not going to win a shootout, but they can win this game if, if for two reasons. If Doug Peterson doesn't try to outsmart everybody and just play the game the way it, it falls out and just make smart decisions. And secondly, the defense has got to show up. Alex Smith is a good quarterback, but mm-hmm. he's not a game changer. He's not a world beater. We have to hit him frustrate him get him off his spot and anytime a quarterback has his eyes down because the pass rush everything else is affected if they can get the pass rush and get on alex smith the offensive weapons that they have aren't going to be so scary because he's not going to be able to get the ball out just like they did to kirk cousins i need they need to have that pressure on him stick him frustrate him and then they have a shot with the special teams to win this game absolutely absolutely they win this game they are going to open up a lot of eyes and it's going to have a great momentum for the rest of the season. Oh, Start yeah, David, up. absolutely, man. And I think there's – well, see, I I don't know, because last year we all, including us, every every person in this room right now got really hyped after that Steelers win and who, who's playing better football than Carson Wentz and all. So I, I just think it means that, yes, it is important to say, okay, that's that's good for the long term, yeah. but they also – can't lose it in those. I I, I want to have that conversation a week eight. I'm promising myself to do that no matter what happens. I'll be excited, but yeah. And, and to his point, though, yes, the defensive line, the, the pass rush can be good enough to make up for the deficiencies on the outside. Mark, Tom, George, hold on real quick. We will uh, be right back. It is BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. <laughs> I think 
Brazil Douglas needs to go up against Tyreek Hill. Oh, God. Sorry. I mean, like, I can't find a better solution than Listen, Ronald Darby's not there. you got to find the solutions. If a Dory Jackson, and I know it's a, it's a completely different round and, and maybe even talent that's going in there, even though I, I understand the struggles that I saw in training camp, I'm not forgetting them. I just have a feeling if you just have him go, he'll go. And 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 well, I Dory Jackson is fast. Yes, no, I, I I agree. I'm just saying in comparative of rookies and whatever, his first test was up against Amari Cooper. They said, "Go ahead, good luck." And I think you just got to do that. Sometimes well, I think you I, just got, I'm like, with you. It, it I, is, what, uh, there's there's no other reason to hold back or to do whatever. I just think he's got to start the entire game. I, I'm fine with that. I changed my mind throw, in ten minutes. I'm fine. <laughs> What else is new? I'm fine with throwing them into the fire. Like, I, I agree. I'm a big believer in anything you do in life. The only way you learn is reps to actually go out and do it. But I think the idea of putting him on Ty Hill is is a terrible one. I mean, he's not fast enough. What else I are you going to do? You're going to put, put Jalen Mills- Smith out there and say, run, buddy. Oh, all right. All right. Go I'm join the kidding, go going, join. Obviously. I'm kidding, obviously. <laughs> but for real, like, I just, uh, Doug, I'm with you. I have no problem playing Douglas, but I think that I'd rather have Jalen Mills there. I think Jalen Mills has a better shot of at least slowing him down. I think they're going to platoon it. You saw him do it last year with Leotis McKelvin, of course, my favorite, and Dylan Mills <laughs> with different receivers. I think you might have to do that with Douglas, and maybe you make – I know they said they wanted to keep Robinson in the slot, but maybe you need to mix him in at least a little bit, or you're putting Dexter McDougal. Look, the Eagles don't have great options at corner. There's no, like, perfect solution. I don't think Razul Douglas playing, like, again, the whole game is – it's just not realistic. Like, they didn't keep him inactive last week. For no reason at sure, all. Like, there was yes. a reason he was inactive. But now there's uh, I, whatever it is. But now it wasn't just because of a numbers crunch. But you're in this situation though. Like there's no reason yeah. not to. But, uh, unless he's absolutely getting crushed, let him take his lumps. You let him what? just get in there. And the roll. more we talk about it, the more I think they're gonna just bracket coverage to Ty Hill and they're gonna let Kelsey beat him. I really, I really. The more I'm shading over to BLG's side, the more we talk about it, the more we try and figure out a way to stop Tyreek Hill with this defense, which is unstoppable right now with that. Like, I just don't know how you stop him. Like, I don't know how you stop him. I Well, neither do I, I. And I think that's, it just comes back to like, I know it sounds like obvious analysis, but you just, you have to shade him and pay attention. Yeah, to Yeah, I know. But then, but then you're going to be deficient somewhere else. I think they're going to have to shade big time. I mean, they're going to have to, there's always going to have to be a safety over the top. Like there's no way you can, no one on this team can stay with Tyreek Hill one-on-one that is not an option. You can't scheme it that way, BLG. When you look back to the Giants game last year, the second Giants game, Eagles-Giants, they kind of like invented a coverage mid-game. Uh, Jim Schwartz and some of the players were talking about that. It was like compared it to, to basketball, like a box and one coverage. Yeah, on no, them. I remember that. Yeah. The box and one, yeah. They might have to do something a little similar. Yes. Like three safety yeah. Yes, yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. Some kind so, of creative. So that means it's time for Jalen Watkins. Oh, yeah. And I, can't I wouldn't get away from you this know what guy. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually have him if you're going to rotate yeah, CBs. Actually, yep. yeah, it's probably going to be that on that. He's side. pretty. F- yep. I mean, at least he's fast enough. Like fa- right. he's faster than Fast-ish the other guys. Enough. Yeah, right. fast-ish. Like, you know, and he- I honestly I think he's a better corner of the safety. It doesn't really mean yeah, much, but yeah. I don't know, let's go to George and Conjac. And George, what's going on, buddy? You're in BJN Radio. Yeah, uh, I was sunny day in Dallas County. Yeehaw! Yeehoo! <laughs> yeah, uh, anyway, going back to last week, that Aguilar screen fumble, uh, even went to throw a good ball. Like, what was the? I don't see how that play was going to work out. Like, how would that play could like design supposed to work? Well, we had trouble kind of understanding you there. I heard Aguilar yeah. and play design, but that was all we got. Yeah, so the, the Aguilar screen fumble from last week, even like went through a good ball. Like, 
he was going to get blown up in the backfield. Oh, that on that screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just a he bad. Was too, yeah, Aguilar was too deep on that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a bad play call. Right. So, I mean, just that whole theory, like, Peterson just kept calling up these flow developing wide through screens that Aguilar was not even the fastest guy in the world. Just, I think he was just getting too cute at times trying to outsmart himself. Yeah, a, a little bit there, George. It's, I'm sorry, but we're just having a, a tough time hearing, hearing it. There, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't think there's, you know, yeah, sure. I mean, the, the, the crazy thing about that, it's not like Doug Peterson called that 70 times. It's two plays. And I actually like the one where, <laughs> yeah. where the one where Aguilar faked the end around and went, like, looped back out. Like, I actually thought that was a really cool play call. You like did that, that last like, year, too, It was a fun Bears. play call, right? Yeah. Like, I like that one, but I see where the callers come from. And, look, they talked about it, it was – you know, it was thrown poorly. It was ran poorly. It was just a bad thing all around. It happens. But I think that the issue is, is we just, you know, it kind of, it's that type of play that made people so angry last year. So I think seeing it as like bringing it back for people, like kind of the issues they did have with Doug's play calling were those types of plays. And especially the calls in the spots. It's the, the running that play on third and nine and stuff like that was where I think people really have their issues. Yeah. I, and I just want to swing it back to Tyreek Hill for a minute there. I mean, like it's, it's, eight targets you know i and i understand that those eight targets are huge i'm more concerned about you know him in in punt return and and whatever and when does he i think they do, does he do punt return anymore i thought they had the anthony thomas doing it now yeah, kick, they had him kick, doing kickoffs a, right just kickoffs i thought he was doing both well, maybe he was I doing both wrong. I, I that was doing against the patriots for sure because he was terrible <laughs> right, I'm right, right? Yeah. yeah, I thought so. I thought they just said, all right, Hill, you're a wide, Tyreek, you're, you're a wide receiver, receiver now. now. You're too I okay. think I'm 85%. So that's, you know, and and I'm not trying to downplay that either because, like, you still you get thrown to eight times, you catch the ball seven, and one of them's for a large touchdown. You still got 133 yards out of that. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I, you know, I, I don't want to make him into this animal that he's not. You yes, know, he's totally. extremely fast and he does all that. He can't. I, I'm not going to say he's going to be contained. He's going to score a touchdown. He's so. He's going to score a touchdown. I'm he's not. He's like the it's fastest fine. guy. Like I, it's like I, I, don't I just know don't think I, you need the Dion? game plan for him. Like th- like he is the key of this offense. I'm still back on on the Kelsey train. That's all. That's all I'm trying to say. Let's go to Lee in Connecticut real quick. Lee, what's going on, buddy? Hey, how's it going, guys? I love your show. Um, you guys are doing a great job. I actually wanted to speak about the key component to us being the Chiefs. Absolutely, and I believe. It's Nelson Butters Aguilar. <laughs> I believe <laughs> Nelson I believe Butters Aguilar. He's going to eat for sure. He's going to eat. I love re- it. Yeah, for the simple reason that Danny Amendola had six catches for 100 yards. It's true. Who exactly is Danny Amendola? It's true. Danny Amendola is a that- man who uh, can't stay on the field. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I definitely do believe that, that Nelson Aguilar is going to eat because He's a way better route runner than Danny Amendola. The only question is his hands, but let's just hope that he becomes um, Carson Wentz's security blanket. Well, he's gonna. I think Carson's gonna have a lot of security blankets, and I I like that people got to see at least, even if it, though it was just for a moment, like uh, what you kind of saw this summer. And I think he can be, uh, yeah, a, re- a really nice piece, Lee. And we appreciate the call. We're just up against the break here of, you know. Let's see if we can do that in in games two, three, four, and five and make you a consistent slot weapon. When we get back, it is time for the NFL Picks with Sean Brace, and it's right here on BGN Radio and Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP.
Might have just had the most delicious almond, almonds. Delicious almonds? Delicious. Delicious almonds ever. Courtesy of Ava Graham, who's roaming around frolicking. Frolicking today. As she said, she's not really doing much. But no, she's frolicking. She said today is a day to frolic. That's right. Uh, it is BGN Radio, John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee, Gowton, and we're going to flo- frolic on, yeah. on over frolic. to uh, phillyinfluencer.com, also Fox29, as the one and the only uh, Sean Brace is with us. Sean, what's going on, pal? Gentlemen, another great show. And I'll tell you what, uh, that's how you get the season started. You head down to D.C., we all we all thought the the Eagles would come away with the victory. Carson Wentz shine. That's how you get the season started. Can't wait for tomorrow. Absolutely. So we're having a little debate here. If you're taking out one guy in the Chiefs' offense between Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill, which one are you taking out? Wow. Well, Tyreek Hill is a a tough monster to to shut down. So is Kelsey. That's a good question. Uh, Hill has that streak of sixty yard catches and uh, in like five consecutive games, I believe it is. Kelsey is just a you know, a matchup nightmare. I, I think uh, if you could limit the deep balls to Tyree Kill and take away Kelsey, that would be the better game plan, but easier said than done, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, let us uh, waste no more time. Let's oh. get to the NFL pick. It's time to ring the bell. Here come the BGN Radio NFL picks on Sports Radio 94 WIP. These bad boys are brought to you by the Casino at Delaware Park. The Sportsbook at Delaware Casino is open to wager. Plus, they have all the pro games on Sunday online. DelawarePark.com. Delaware Park is a lottery agent for the Delaware Lottery. You must be 21 to play, but as usual... You don't have to be 21 to watch the BGN Radio Game Day Show yes! on the WIP Facebook Live as we go through pregame of Eagles. We talk fantasy. We talk gambling lines. Uh, and it's on the, the uh, WIP Facebook page. Great. We make you. fun of Jack Fritz a lot of yeah, times. Yeah, lots and lots and lots and lots of time. But we will not make fun of him right now because where are we heading to first, my friend? All right, we are heading to Denver, where it's Dallas versus Denver, where it's the government, man. And (laughs) Dallas is uh, a one-point favorite. Very, very interesting. uh, As uh, no, Dallas is now a two-point favorite, two and a half in some places. It opened at one. Sean Brace, what do you make of this line? Who do you got in this one? Well, opening day or first uh, first night for the Cowboys, I had them winning over the Giants. I still believe in them here. I think that they really didn't tap the run game. I know Zeke went for over 100, uh, but I think they could do a little bit better on that side of things. Give me the Cowboys on the road to uh, to take this at Denver. Ring the bell! Are they there it really is. a favorite in Denver? The Broncos are an okay football team with a great defense. They just beat up on... Uh, uh, Los Angeles in Denver. <laughs> oh, you caught it. Good. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe they're, they're a favorite. I actually think Denver wins it outright. It is ridiculous that the Cowboys are favored on the road. But, James, I'm going to ring the bell. Oh, yeah. no! No! I'm going with Sean. Here's, oh. Last week, I picked the Cowboys. I tried to jinx them. Didn't work. They won. But at least I picked them right. So there you go. Uh, ring it again! <laughs> Uh, because uh, I don't know, I, I, this is crazy, man. I mean, like they're favored in Denver. The, the, uh, the, I hate the line was weird to begin with. It, it's it's going that way. I think, uh, yeah, I I really like what it's telling me. I think Dallas loses a close one, uh, and uh, we finally see the real Deck Prescott as he stands up. Jack Fritz, where are we heading to next? All right, we're heading to Atlanta, where the fans are already pissed off about Chick Fil A not being open this Sunday. <laughs> where the Falcons are three point favorites. Yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting one because uh, it started at uh, minus two. Move to three. 
Uh, you know, Sean, I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna start things off, but I, I want you to chime in right away. Atlanta's a, a lock to me in this game. The line's screaming at me to say this is their new home. They're gonna open up the heavens and they're gonna go. You know, I don't know, touch something. It's certainly not Chick Fil A. Jack was saying, which is the weirdest thing because they're closed on Sundays. But uh, for those I, Monday night games, yeah, Sean, I really, really like Atlanta in this one. I don't know why, but I'm gonna go with that, Sean. Well, boys. Johnny, you got to close that roof because Aaron Rodgers is going to rain on the parade. That's what it's all about. He was silky smooth against the Seattle Seahawks. I can't go against Green Bay Packers here. Give me the pack on the road in Atlanta. I am not betting against the home team here. I'm with Johnny. <laughs> I'm taking his side in this one. Give me the Falcons. I agree with the BGN crew. I think the Falcons <laughs> win it by more than three. Sean's going out solo. He's trying to make us look bad, and he, might, he probably probably will. Green Bay's easily winning this by a touchdown. <laughs> uh, Take J- Aaron Rodgers any day of the week. <laughs> Jack, where are we heading to next? All right, we are headed to New York, where Ziggy Ansah hasn't stopped doing the Zeke feed me thing, thinking about Eric Flowers. <laughs> and the Giants are three-point favorites. Yeah, um, I this is uh, they were massive favorites to open here Sean at four and a half it's now gone to minus three ah, it's a it's a tough one for me I've been battling it pretty much all week where are you going to this one I am not going with the New York Giants that's for sure give me the Lions Matthew Stafford after that one hiccup he comes back firing four touchdown passes I love the Lions in this game the Giants offense is dreadful I don't care if Odell plays or not give me the Lions yeah, I think I, I, I'm never going to ring the bell on this. I think if the Giants start up as a massive favorite and then suddenly a day and a half later it goes automatically down to three, that's going to tell you something. And, I, you know, for Matthew Stafford and my fantasy team, he made me feel great. I'm riding again with him in week two, James. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i dying to ring the bell here just because <laughs> I want to ring it. Uh, but no, I, um, I, this is a, a one where I basically see these two teams exactly the same level of badness, I should say, I guess. And I, I'm just going to take the points and, and hope for the best. Here's the thing about the Giants, guys. They suck. Yes! <laughs> Tell them, yes, yes. And the, what the funny thing about last season is when we kept saying, like, this is the weirdest point differential to have. And they still have 10 wins. I think it's finally caught up to them this year. That's I all. hope so, man. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we as we always do, we got to figure out who's winning this one in uh, Kansas City. And uh, Sean, I mean, the you know, the, I'm, I'm going with the, with Vegas here. I think the Eagles cover, but I don't think they win this football game. I'm going to take Kansas City and or excuse me. I'm going to take the Eagles. Uh, and, and the spread with the five and a half, but I'm going to take him to lose this game. What do you have in this Hilar- one? Hilarious you said that because my score is 29-24, and that's five points. So if it was anything other, over than that, I got to go the other way. But I'm going to go the Eagles. I think they hang tough. I think it's in the fourth quarter. I think the Eagles have a fourth quarter lead, but the crowd, the pressure, it gets to him. Kansas City comes back and wins it late. I'm with you guys. I think that they, the Eagles will cover. I don't feel good enough about them to pick them to win, so I'm going to take the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I'm definitely digging the Chiefs. I mean, the line started at four and a half, moved to five and a half. I, look, so I could see a backdoor cover for sure, but I think the Chiefs a, a win by a touchdown or more. The only saving grace is that the Chiefs are 3-17 and 17 against the spread after scoring over 30 points, I believe. 
is is what I saw today. Yeah, in so terms that's of just winning the game, yeah. though, twelve and three straight up in their <laughs> oh, last fifteen home games. Yeah, so, so that's that's where you got to sight on that. Yeah, they definitely do win at home. I think the momentum carries over. And look, I, I mean, Sean, it's not like we were talking about earlier in the show. It's not like Kansas City's a juggernaut here. If the no. Eagles win this thing and surprise everybody, it's not the craziest thing in the world. But also, you know, I, I, even if they do win, what are, what are your expectations, I guess, going to be after that? Well, I would just say that's right from the jump, John. The, the pass rush. The Eagles have a pass rush that's going to make it difficult uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs offense to get going. Sure, they got speed, but the one thing New England could not do is get pressure. So I think there's your difference maker. Um, secondary, I just don't know what to expect for the Eagles, so it's going to be difficult to really judge that right now. But I think it's going to be a close game. I, I I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles go out there and get the victory. It's not impossible to win out there, that's for sure. Yeah, it's definitely not impossible, and uh, definitely not impossible to uh, see your beautiful, shining face. When are you on uh, Fox 29 next, my friend? I absolutely love you. Tonight and tomorrow, tonight, college football wrap-up show. Tomorrow, 1030 Sports Sunday with the great G. Cobb breaking down the Eagles. Hopefully, victory over the Chiefs. Yeah, you got to be uh, got to be asking about the 56-21 slaughtering right now that Pittsburgh's taking from Oklahoma State and a lot more. We look forward to it, Sean. Thanks for joining us, as always, and you can go find him at phillyinfluencer.com. Thanks, Sean. Ow! Go Birds. Yeah, buddy. Uh, he's, and for us, by the way, next week, we yeah. gotta, we're, we're going to be all over the place. There's a, there is a something, I think, still to be worked out because it's finally getting into the uh, the home game land here. But there is going to be possibly a Thursday pep rally thing that we are doing. We'll keep you informed on that. But we will definitely be on Friday and Saturday at the card show that's going on at the Valley Forge Casino on the web on Bleeding Green's Facebook. You can find that bleedinggreennation.com Friday 4 to 6 and also, uh, excuse, yeah, Friday 4 to 6, and also Saturday 1 to 3 on the web. I believe that's going to be on WIP's Facebook page, but we'll be broadcasting live. We're moving from 1 to 3 to 4 to 6 next week, uh, and we'll be broadcasting live from the Valley Forge Casino. It's going to be a lot of fun. James, final thoughts as we're wrapping up here. Yeah, and also next week we'll have some home game uh, stuff that we'll tell everyone about, some fun stuff, be down at Jetro lot and all that. But, um, uh, yeah, my final thought is, uh, look, I, I know I said that I think the Chiefs are going to win, but... Is there any potential greater outcome to any game in the history of the Eagles than if the Eagles can find a way to win because Andy Reid bungles the clock at the end of the game? Can you think of a better thing <laughs> be to fun. happen ever? That, yeah. That's what I'm praying for. Underrated factor that we did not mention in the show, Jake Elliott, new kicker. Oh, my for goodness. The oh, Caleb Sturgis kind of could be a, you know, a big factor if there's a, a, a key kick to make and, and something like that happens. To me... I said it earlier in the show. This is my take. The game doesn't matter. I'm fine with whatever happens. Pretty much, I, I you know, the Eagles keep it close. That's a good day to me for moral victories and all. Um, 28-21, Eagles lose. Jack Fritz, your final thoughts, sir? Uh, not confident because of the line movement. Because it's four to four to five or three four to five and a half. Which and, I don't and like because you're objective, you're an objective. And because man. I'm not biased at all, unlike you people. Just kidding. Uh, I actually think that Eric Berry being out is way bigger than people are making it out to be. Uh, he absolutely shut down Gronk last weekend, which we don't really see. So uh, him being out leaves Ertz having a big game. I don't think the Eagles win. I don't think they cover. I think they lose by 10. My final thought is Jack Fritz can never, ever again watch a football game with us because I don't know if you know this, but there's a bit of delay between the radio and the television, and there is golden rules to not react 
to what you're listening to yes. as we're watching the game. And he screwed that up three times last Big week. time. And screwed up in the biggest play of the game. The Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham yeah. fumble touchdown. Ran right in. We went to a different room so we didn't have to see his face. And he still ruined it he for us. us the joy. He robbed us of the joy of watching that play happen live. But, yeah. I, but uh, regardless, we will still have uh, takes on this game and much more. We appreciate you listening each and every Saturday. Rob and Tank are down at the ballpark. They take you all the way through to Philly's. Uh, leading off. It's been BJ and Rayo, John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee, Gouton, Jack Fritz behind the glass, and of course, Sue Schilling with the updates right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.